Welcome, horror fans, to the very first episode of Eyes Wide Cut. I'm David, an expat from the UK who has been living in Japan for just over a decade. People often ask me why I moved all the way across the world to this unique island nation. And while I often give the standard reasons like I was interested in Japanese culture, it was actually the J-horror films of the 90s and 2000s that first got me interested. Films like Mike Takashi's horrifying audition from 1999, and of course, Nakata Hideo's 1998 forever genre-changing Ringu, which followed the vengeful exploits of the evil but sympathetic ghost Sadako. Those with a keen ear might have detected that I said those directors with their family names first. That's how we do it in Japan. It's hard to change the culture wherever you go, but the culture always changes you, and I've always been all for that. You may also be thinking, why would such bleak and terrifying films attract someone to move to their country of origin? That's a hard one for me to explain. Something about them pulled me into their dark world, a world I wanted to see for myself, without any chance of meanings with the evil antagonists, of course. I grew up in the south of England in the small town of Crawley, known for being the home of the rock band The Cure and with the apt nickname Creepy Crawley. It's no wonder I grew to become a horror otaku, or horror nerd. From a young age I watched horror films transfixed by the wonders on the screen and paralysed in bed. A little shout out there to The Cure's lullaby. Unable to find the courage to go to the bathroom in the dead of night. One of my earliest memories of being frozen with fear, with the dread following me around like a parasitic spirit, was when I first saw John Copter's frozen, isolated alien adventure, The Thing. The idea of people you recognise in all their physical characteristics being an entity quite the opposite and evil petrified me. Their bizarre reactions being discovered and cornered, mouths gaping open and unearthly sounds emanating, was almost too much for that young boy to take. I vowed never to watch horror films again. When I started studying film in college in the small Sussex village of Lewis, all that would change. Lewis is a place most known for the huge bonfire that takes over everything in the autumn. Giant, highly flammable replicas of the person of the year are tossed on the huge fire, cinders burning into the pitch-black frosty night air. It was here that I would fall into the spell of the horror genre again, and it would build through university as I discovered further masterpieces from Japan, Korea, France, and so on. The pinnacles of my horror experience came at the four-day festival Frightfest held in London's Leicester Square. I met the man who directed one of my all-time horror favourites, the towering zombie spectacle that is Dawn of the Dead, George Romero rest in peace. Now in Japan I've spent years watching horror on an almost nightly basis, going through the works of the great horror masters all the while keeping up with whatever comes out of the Hollywood machine and the foreign language movie scene. In this podcast I will delve into one new film I've seen in the week, sometimes revisit an old classic, or recommend some unknown gem. 
I may even bring up something truly awful, but feel the need to speak about. I hope my listeners, whether they agree, disagree, or just want to communicate, leave comments in my YouTube releases of this very podcast. And wherever you listen, a rating and a review will always go appreciated. As Romero-san wrote on my Night of the Living Dead poster all those years ago, stay scared. We know X is about sex. We know the people in X, after they film the sex, will encounter something terrible. Something terrible lurking in the shadows. Blood will be spilled, lots of it. In darkness, to the music of days gone by. We know these things because, well, the movie is effectively rated X. We know because the movie is directed by T. West. If you're familiar with his work, you'll get right away that this will be a movie shot dark, grainy, with a pacing that might have you glancing at your watch, or your smartphone, whether at home or in the theatre. From the outset it becomes apparent very, very quickly that T. West has seen the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre many, many times. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Tobe Hooper's masterpiece of the macabre, remains one of my favourite horror movies of all time. In fact, I'd struggle to name more than a handful of films I would place above it. A film like no other, that grabs you, encircles you, and never lets go. An endlessly watchable glimpse into madness. X follows the story of a group of young people as they attempt to break ground and start the sexual revolution by making a pornographic film. Led by producer Wayne, played by Martin Henderson, and director R.J., played by Owen Campbell, who I mistook for the boy who dares to read from the Book of the Dead in the 2013 reimagining of Evil Dead. They embark on a trip into a van to the country. Upon arrival at a discreet farmhouse filming location scenically situated by a lake, they find the owner, who Martin has already struck a deal with, to be less than accommodating. It is here in the shots from the hallway of the old man's worn-out house, looking out into the bright sunshine, whatever dusty cobwebbed dread lies within, that Hooper's film most comes to mind. Once settled, we are treated to multiple sex scenes, the action going mostly unseen but not unheard. There are beer-laden conversations about wrapping up, mostly about whether what they are doing constitutes art and what the world would be like after it receives their masterpiece. How rich they would become also crops up. I found the politics of the characters and their moral compasses to be a little off and nonsensical. Most amusing is RJ's insistence that his film could be considered art, because clearly where he places the camera and his attention to his aesthetics trumps the subject matter. The most compelling character is Wayne's girlfriend. A good performance by Mia Goth in two roles. Her striking features and quite mysterious manner almost did enough to lift the tedium of the pacing. One moment with the crocodile stood out amongst a drawn-out plot. It is here where most of my issues with X lie. While the location and the subject matter initially grew me in, this is a movie that takes a long time to get going, and when it does, you feel West tries to shock and gross you out so that you'll come back. But by then, I was checked out. Blue Oyster Cult's Fear the Reaper plays over the first bloody king, but as a fan of the song, I enjoyed the guitar work, the vocals of that rock masterpiece, over what was happening on the screen. 
In fact, that barely registered. At the outset of this episode, I remarked upon Frightfest, the London Horror Film Festival that takes place every summer. At the first one I attended, T. West introduced his debut feature in person, The Roost. I have vague memories of thinking at the time that The Roost was so poorly lit, I had trouble making out what had happened by the end. Being unmoved by his first foray, I took little interest in his work until he released 2009's The House of the Devil and 2011's The Innkeepers. I found both to be entertaining and well-made horror outings and my interest was rekindled. After X, I hope another better example of his talent will emerge from his dark shadows. Incantation is the second film I have seen of late from Taiwan. Kubei, or The Sadness, released in 2021, was the first. The Sadness depicted a city torn apart by the Alvin virus, eerily relevant to our times, and the people that tried to survive the first day of a terrifying mutation in the virus's genetic code. It might be a film I will come back to in a later episode, but for the gore hounds among you, I recommend checking it out. Directed by Kevin Ko, Incantation or Zou as it's known in Chinese, is quite a different species of horror but still has a human element of tragedy and vulnerability in its DNA. Released in July of this year as a Netflix exclusive, Incantation follows the story of Ronan, who must find a way to rid her daughter of a mysterious presence which her daughter refers to as the baddie. The effects on her daughter are not purely psychological or something that goes bump in the night. As the movie progresses, she shows worsening physical signs and ailments that increasingly push her into more precarious positions. Incantation is firmly rooted in the found footage genre, with Ronan breaking the fourth wall as she asks the audience to repeat along with her suspicious chants and updates us with the occasional plea for sympathy as the situation becomes more and more helpless. She warns us of footage we are about to see, and the film is full of shaky cam set pieces that break us back into the horror. While I found some of these creepy, the standout for me being an early scene in her apartment replete with flashing lights, eerie voices, and a jump scare with an elevator, there was a sense of having seen it all before. Most will see the big final twist from a long way off. The armor horror scene, which is built up to be the most terrifying, all left me a little, let's say, without the hairs standing up on the back of my neck. This may have been due to my personal claustrophobic responses to such locations not being stretched. The tightness of the space wasn't pushed as much as to be effective enough to keep me up at night. There are walks through dark, creepy locales, scary dolls and statues, sudden and violent deaths, and a lot of characters behaving oddly with their backs turned to the camera. Although well done and certainly eerie enough, the scares are mostly built on tried and tested ground in the found footage genre. It goes without saying that doing anything original within the confines of found footage is tricky to say the least. The Taiwanese element certainly added some originality to the story and like the sadness, it's clear the director is more than able at integrating the local culture, myths and history into his narrative. I found the acting to be engaging, especially Xuan Yen Zai as Renan. Pain, desperation and panic are itched continuously onto her face. We truly see the terror and suffering that has damaged her almost beyond repair, and we believe the lengths to which she would go to protect her daughter. I would recommend incantation to fans of the genre, and I would count myself as one of them, even though I find it 
increasingly difficult to find good examples. Banyan Pisan Sanakunan's recent The Medium is one such offering that started so promisingly, but dissolved into well-trodden territory. Joel Anderson's Lake Mongo, Shiraishi Koji's Noroi, and of course, the Blair Witch Project, remain the scariest examples of found footage horror that I've come across. Incantation cannot quite name itself among such elite company, but Kivinko is certainly a director to keep one wide-open eye on. That wraps up this episode of Eyes Wide Cut. Keep your eye open for the next one.